And here we are, episode 12. Welcome back, everyone. Anxiety help with Wes. <clears throat> I'm Wes Murphy. We got a treat today. This is a lesson on mindful awareness. And I learned a lot. And as we go through it, we're going to be processing this together. I thought, I know what mindfulness is. Well, there's a lot I didn't know. Pretty interesting. Here's what is happening today. We've got quotes to get us going. I've got a TV plug. Just something that I saw I want you to see. A little update, personal update with my growth regarding anxiety. A big treat, a big plug for next week. Some news. Did you see the news? Chris Watts, he killed his wife and two daughters. Terrible situation. And I want to play a clip of an interview and take a look at national media coverage and and also his behavior. Just offer some thoughts right there. Then we're going to get to the lesson from Mind Up. It's mindful awareness. With that said, let's get moving. Okay, quotes. I've got a bunch of them today. I've said this one before. I'm going to offer it again. Everything is my responsibility. I always ask, what is my responsibility in getting here? And what are my actions? Or rather, what actions am I willing to take to move forward? Do you know how few people ask that question as a counselor or in with people I communicate with in life? A lot don't cons- ever ask that. Well, what what what's my side of the street here? What you know? What can I control regarding myself? It is a powerful position to take. Everything is my responsibility. That's a philosophy. That's a stance. Everything is my responsibility, and I accept my responsibility here. Or I re- accept responsibility for this. Quote number two. It goes with it. We focus on our part, not what the other person has done. We clean up our side of the street and we keep going. The key part of that last quote, keep going. Sometimes uh, us anxious folk, formerly anxious folk, could get caught up on this one thing. Well, we keep going. Number three, even if I didn't cause the situation, is my reaction appropriate? What am I making this mean? Am I making this mean something that's false? And is my reaction appropriate? I see it online all the time. Someone does something or says something, so that gives the other person permission to come in and have this word vomit, you know, online. Someone says something to one student and the other hits him. He did say something to you, but... Was striking him physically the best reaction? Was that appropriate? And am I? what am I making what they're doing mean? Remember, we cannot control what happens, but we can control how we react to it. Friends, this is what I tell myself all the time. <laughs> I have to remind myself of these things. If I sound preachy, my goal is... is is to offer what I say to myself in hopes that it continues to help you. Here's a few things about love. Some of you listening, this this may really strike. What if I knew? What if I knew I could love myself no matter what? 
no matter what? See, these are questions now. Question number two, what if I could see my mom the way God sees her? Let's unpack this. Okay. Mom, a lot of us with anxiety have a, a relationship issue. Yep, I see. I can feel some head shaking. So mom, dad, brother, friend, ex. Let's just put mom in here. What if I could see my mom the way God sees her? Well, I don't believe in God. Okay, a loving being. Someone someone sees that person in a positive light. Maybe it's from a place of compassion. We have to find a way because if I'm resentful toward her or someone else, it, guess what? It hurts me. So I have to find a way to let go of the anger, the hurt, whatever it is. I'm not asking to be best friends. I'm just saying, what if I could see someone else like my mom the way a God, wait, an, a loving being could see her? Love question number three. It's more of a quote. What if I could see myself the way a God sees me? A loving being. What if I could see myself the way a loving being sees me? What would that look like for me? What, what would my life look like? And the final quote on love, and this is a, an affirmation, I'm learning to see myself in a new way. A lot of us are. I'm learning to see myself in a new way. i got to remind myself of that. Love those. I watched a movie, The Disaster Artist, and I highly recommend it. If you enjoy behavior, if you enjoy an underdog story, James Franco, his brother is in this one. And gosh, it was so incredible. I just got a kick out of it. It's based on a true story about a guy with mystery surrounding him who makes a movie and apparently spends $6 million on it called The Room. Apparently, it is one of the worst movies at all time. And this movie, The Disaster Artist, is a recreation of that story. Fascinating. Check it out. Last week, I introduced the conspiracy guys or or gave them a shout just because, man, I would want to know this. This show is sponsored by Starbucks Coffee. Thank you, Starbucks, for sponsoring the show. You know that's false. I have no sponsors. I do have a treat for next week. It's hard to get guests sometimes. I don't particularly like asking people. So a gentleman named Louis Rollins. I'm looking at his picture now. He is a good-looking young man, i got to admit. And it's he's got something called Deep Dive. And boy, does he create this uh, video. He calls a film on depersonalization. Let's listen in just a second. Can we hear him here? Copper or something called bio-unavailable copper. Now what this causes, it causes com- copper toxicity, it causes confusion, it causes disorientation, it causes a racing mind, which is very common, mood swings, spaciness, you feel kind of like you're floating around. Uh, women, for example, feel it more intensely around... You can tell that this gentleman has done his homework and we're going to try to link up next Wednesday for our next week. And he offers his story. He is serious about this. And he's, he goes through all various 
reasons for it. He's exploring the physical side of things right there with metal poisoning. In my journey, I certainly came across that as well. Thank you, Lewis, for reaching out. What an honor that is, and it's really cool. So I, I look forward to connecting with you, sir, and and hearing your story. You're going to have to say it all again for for the Anxiety Help with West podcast. Update on me. I got two things to report. One, I went to the gym this week. I go every week. But I, I go to the gym before work. Excuse me, this is after work. And I did 35 minutes and I got after it. I just worked out hard. It was uh, it was mainly back and core, like abs. And I worked out hard for about 30 to 40 minutes. Not incredibly hard. I just moved some weight and got out of there. And I had a body high that I haven't in a while. And it reminded me why some of these really big dudes or bodybuilders do it not just for a look, for aesthetics, but for this feeling. There's just so much release, and it's a, it creates testosterone and dopamine. And uh, there's another sciencey term to drop. I'm blanking on right now. Testosterone. What is that? What is the word I'm thinking of? Not pheromones. Dopamine. Anyway, exercise. The other thing is. I had a dinner at about 7, and I started to pass out, and I just did my bedtime routine. I got up at 8. Excuse me. I went to bed at 8, and then I woke up at 5, and I had energy all day. My energy has been lacking after lunch, and I've had to do a nap and then get back going again. So I would just say I'm exploring with a little earlier bedtime. Gosh, it's so important. I wonder what Lewis does. I have to watch. He's, he's offered a lot. And he has 200. By the way, let's listen. Going back to Lewis, he has 235 likes. He's got about 10,000 views, comments. This helped me so much. Great information. I just have to say you are severely handsome. I'm not alone in that. Uh, people are asking him questions. Is derealization and brain fog the same? Wow. Thanks, Lewis. Enjoy the video. Is it too late for me? I'm 58 and been around the bend with a bad childhood, good vegan diet, detox, etc. Where to begin to heal a chronic illness poisoning? One person says, I don't believe you. I feel you are exploiting us for earning money. Well, I'd say it's okay to earn money as long as you're providing a service. It's a good trade. Okay, moving on. News. There's a gentleman named Chris Watts. And he has, where is that article? Uh, Mr. Watts, I'm just going to tell you, um, Apparently killed his pregnant wife and two daughters. And before he confessed, now he said, here's what he said lately. I have, I saw my wife choking or strangling on a baby monitor, my youngest daughter. And apparently she had killed the other one. So he, in a rage, flew up 
the stairs and strangled her. It obviously sounds a little bit fishy, but guess what? You can get that anywhere. I want to look at this from another angle. I am curious about why I know about this. Why this particular murder? Is there a link between national media coverage and an attractive person involved? I've done some research, so let's let's start with the first clip I watched of this gentleman, and I went, it's a little bit off. His story's a little bit off. Let's listen. I just want them people to know that I want my family back. Like, I want them safe, and I want them here. Like, this house is not the same. I mean, I last night was traumatic. Last night was, I, I can't really stay in this house again, like, with nobody here. And last night I wanted I, I wanted that knock on the door. I wanted to see the, I wanted to see this kid just run in, run in just just barrel rush me and just give me a hug and knock me on the ground. But that didn't happen. Who are you gonna stay with tonight? Probably my friends Nick and Amanda. Just I mean and then something develops in the next So it is let's let's look at this. He is offering this interview before he confessed, assuming that confession is legit, they are standing there talking to a stone-cold killer. I'm looking at him, speaking of handsome, he is a handsome guy. I think he's 33, looks a little bit older, facial hair, muscular, good-looking. Not to, to focus too much on that, but but that's actually kind of the point of bringing this up. Now, one thing about that quote, it wasn't the same. It was a traumatic experience. What I hear him saying is he's speaking, something is off about this, and I'm going to see if I can put this in words. It's not a process still of where are they. Um, Yeah, it was odd last night without them. I'm just... You know, I'm going through all the possibilities in my head where they are. There was some sort of finality. I thought that before, and I showed my fiance. I said, take a look at this. I said, you know, they they were gone one night. And you're expressing it felt really bad for you that they didn't come in and give you a hug. and you, It's almost... Now we know, I wanted to post this podcast before, but I got the sense that he was speaking, he knows they're never returning. He knows they're never coming back. Let's listen to a second more. Hours or so, like, I'm hoping that somebody sees something or somebody knows something and comes forward. What's the hardest part of all of this for you? Not knowing. Like if they're safe or if they're in trouble. Like there's just that, it's that variable. Like I'm not sure. I mean I can't do anything right now from where I'm at. Like I'm not sure if they're safe somewhere, just huddle up somewhere, or if they're in trouble. And knowing that if they could be in trouble, it it just it's earth shattering, right? Now it seems as if the media is now willing to to go ahead and put him behind bars. Does the fact that he lied here, assuming his confession is true, does the does his lie in this interview, as well as 
uh, cheating, does that definitely mean he is guilty? Is it possible at all that he is offering some sort of truth? It, it doesn't appear so, but the more I look at media coverage, I don't know what's real. I don't... Let me give you an example. What if they interrogated him for 15 hours? Who? I mean... Time and time again, I was just looking at the case uh, and I saw a special about the young lady who, with a kayak uh, from Latvia, went with her boyfriend across the river, her fiance at the time. He went down in his kayak and she got arrested for it. Well, she confessed, kind of, and this was a nine-hour interrogation. And some experts looked at body language and said she just wanted out of there. She just felt uncomfortable and she just wanted to get out of the room. We do not know what we would do in that scenario. So was were the police tactics acceptable? You know? I, I, I don't know. I, I just for me, I am willing to reserve judgment until all of the information comes out. I never like it when people say, you know, they didn't act right. Well, have you ever been in that situation where someone around you was killed or disappeared? Yeah, they just showed no emotion. What? Who's to say what is the right emotion? I can tell you this, someone who has not been in a depersonalized state could absolutely not understand what it's like unless they go through it. There are not words. Let's look at this. I've started thinking about with all the murders, all kinds of murders, is there a link between national media coverage and an attractive person? If an attractive person is is involved, and it seems like the answer is yes, what is it about this story that the national media wants to present to us? When you have white, middle class, middle-ish, upper, middle, upper class, middle class, working people... They have a strong social media presence, so they've got a lot of pictures that they can flash up. And there's an idea, according to one article, that good-looking people wouldn't do something that bad. They're good-looking. They're young. They're good-looking. They've got things going on. Why would they do something like that? So should I pay attention to cases that the national media spoon-feeds us? I don't understand why. You know, the, the terrible case of the young woman, Molly Tibbetts, uh, she was apparently, they found her killer, it seems, um, an illegal immigrant. But we know her partially because she's an attractive young woman. And... I also imagine that it could any white girl in college says, oh, that could be me. So there's relatability. What happened? They seem so happy on Facebook to the the Chris Watts and his wife, Shanann. Not Shannon, Shanann. In any case, it is sad. And I'm just looking at this because I've just, and I want to offer it because I've been thinking about it a lot. One more piece of news. Ben Affleck is news blurb back in rehab for alcohol addiction. 
<clears throat> there's something a bit off-putting about him, yet he is a very talented. Just for me, it's just my opinion. Obviously, he's extremely talented. He's got a lot going on. Let's, I'm hoping for the best for him. That's the news. Attractive people and national media coverage and crime. Let's get to the lesson. I hope you find that that helpful. It's all a breakdown of of behavior and mentality. Yeah. Going back to Chris Watts, why would he do that interview? Would love your thoughts. Not an expert on this case. Let's get to the lesson. Mind up. Here we go. Jumping in. Okay. So, this is from the Mind Up curriculum. Let's get moving. What is mindful awareness? What is it? Mindful awareness is being aware of yourself and those things. It's a little bit overdone. It's a little bit overused, but when I read the lesson, I said, okay, let's let's get it. It is, here's what it is. It is attending here and now, other people, environment, a concern or challenge in a considerate, non-judgmental way. This is mindful awareness. It's a two-parter. It is focusing your attention and withholding judgment. That's the part I had never heard. Withholding judgment. Judging is so fun. I have to withhold it. Yeah. Yeah, I do actually right now. Moving on. This is a skill. It is a skill. Have you tried to meditate? That's one way. Reflection. Thoughts and actions. We can decide how to make better choices. So the the word is out. It's a skill. Last week, let's review. We looked a little bit about the brain and what prepares us to make decisions. A well-thought-out reaction um, can be produced through the reflect through the prefrontal cortex, or it could trigger a thoughtless one through the amygdala. We get that 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 scary thought. The amygdala, if it senses danger, fight, flight, or freeze, does not go onto the prefrontal cortex. Well, we're going to look today at this this response and how we can respond rather than react as i mentioned mindful awareness this is all about self-awareness and language for self-awareness self-control and compassion that is the word that has been incredibly key for me on my journey compassion as i mentioned in the quote so if we separate what's mindful and what's unmindful and these everyday actions can help us figure out uh, what what thought we're putting our attention towards. Mindful, unmindful, these are useful terms. And dis- discussion, changing, reactive, and judgmental behaviors. Yes, 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 yes. Again, we have the input. This is the brain thing. We got the input onto the amygdala. A mindful reaction, we can train ourselves. Once that 
scary thought gets to the, the amygdala, if we're mindful, it can move on to the prefrontal cortex in the form of a then conscious response. If we have the sensory input and we just react to it and we don't practice mindfulness, fight, flight, or freeze, and it's diverted, the prefrontal cortex never gets it. Goodbye, prefrontal cortex. Again, the, the amygdala does not make a distinction between perceived threats and actual dangers. It can trigger that false alarm, reactive behavior that's unwarranted, and for many of us, problematic. So we can freeze in those situations. What is it for you? Driving, flying, taking a test, conversation. So when we consciously process the input, we create a time buffer between the input and our response. That gives the prefrontal cortex time to analyze and interpret and then prioritize that info, which allows us to choose the better course of action. I talk to clients sometimes who act in a way that they don't like. They're like, yeah, I can't stop. I just keep acting this way. Well, that can be worked on. Giving our brain time to process something that we hear, we see, taste. Slow down when you're eating. (laughs) Slow down and taste it. I have to tell myself that. Chew every bite, Wesley. That's my kindergarten teacher mom. Chew and taste it and then swallow. Wes, is that your sock? Okay. Who needs to pick it up? Thanks, Mom. Counting to 10 can help. Give it a moment. Just give it a second. That's not going to solve panic, but it's one of the many strategies. So by the end of this, we're going to be able to describe mindful and unmindful thoughts and actions. And we're going to apply this stuff to our own lives. And again, it starts with just a mentality. Let me drop some more quotes. Tell me if this is you. I think before I act or speak. I think and I consider. Is it not? We'll start saying. I'm going to put some affirmation. I'm committed to thinking before I act or speak. I pay attention to the things around me. I focus when I listen. I am a good listener. I always do my best to be right here in the moment. A little bit of mindfulness, kind of a mantra. It matters. It matters. When people keep reinforcing, yeah, I just, I can't control. I got no filter. Okay, I got it. Do do you like that? Because it, If you don't, stop saying that. Stop repeating to your brain that you have no filter. (sighs) Hmm. There is an exercise where we sit and listen to those sounds around us. I did this uh, with a student recently. I was in a panic state. I said, uh, okay, give me five things you can hear. Five things you can hear. Don't know if you've done this. Take 30 seconds. And list all those things you can hear. Or a few things. What are a few things you can see right now? What are some things that you feel in your body? Can you feel the sensations in your feet, in your hands? 
It's like a mindfulness technique or exercise. Some of us get so busy, boy, we just don't even, we don't even realize what is happening around us or what we're focusing our attention on. For me, there's a lot of focus on who ignored me, who did not return my call, who tried to take it, who thought they got the better of me. Didn't want that, didn't understand that that was part of what was destroying my life. Yeah, some of you are there. Some of you have passed that, some not. But let's let's continue going through this. Because it's the piece about the non-judgmentalness, the non-judgmental element, rather, that, that, that was new for me. It's waiting to form an opinion until we've considered a situation more carefully. What is the term non-judgmental? I'm not, what does that mean? Let me think about that. I'm not going to make an immediate judgment Not forming an opinion too quickly. Don't judge a book by its cover. Another overused phrase. Is But does it benefit me in any scenario in my life when I can reserve judgment that has always been there? And can I do it? Can I reserve judgment based on judging a person based on what they're driving? Oh, they're in a minivan. They're pulling. They're ordering Dominoes. They don't care about their health. Uh, they're they're wearing all black. I, I I don't know. What is it? How are you all doing on making friends out there? Making friends. What and what would the mindful approach to making friends look like? That means maybe getting to know someone before deciding whether or not to be friends. Back to the judgment. Yeah, they they do this. We could never be friends. Well, maybe it 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 it, it crosses a barrier, or it's they're, they're involved in something that is does not align with your values. But am I am I judging the per? Am I giving them a chance? I heard a, a guy say once, like, "Ladies, you." Go on the date with the guy. He was encouraging women. He's go go on a date. You're not getting married unless they're doing something that's. I guess he thought they were being too picky. I don't know. Would it benefit us to to have that approach? Yeah, I think so. But some of my approaches, some of my judgments are pretty darn good. Like, yeah, th- th- this is not my type of person. I can tell from that behavior. If, if someone throws litter on the ground, yeah, we're not going to be friends. You're, you're not for me. But non-judgmental way. Can you think of examples? I know a lot of judgment for people uh, comes in the form of being triggered from past experiences with this person. And for some of us, non-judgment, mindfulness, may look like being aware of our reaction, choosing not to react, and, and to be mindful of the thoughts and feelings that, coming, that come up when engaging with this person. 
this is important. And it's a little bit abstract, um, but it is important to break down the meaning of, of this. Mindful awareness, focused attention, what we focus our attention on, and withholding judgment. Hmm. They have a sheet here that uh, I want to demonstrate. Okay, mindful or unmindful. Let's go through this together. Mindful or unmindful. Rejecting a new food because it's unfamiliar to you. Okay. There's judgment. Judgment, I don't know it, it's out. So that is unmindful. Listening to a friend's favorite new song all the way through before making a judgment about it. <laughs> that is mindful, but gosh, don't we know pretty quickly? American, on what is it, American Idol or The Voice or any of those stupid shows. Oh my gosh, they bother me. I know within a few seconds, generally, right, if they're terrible. But listening fully, I can get on board we're being supportive, but we're going to get all the information before we make a judgment. Okay, I'm on board. How about practicing a new skill uh, until I can actually feel myself improving? Mindful, clearly. Making a mindful effort not to quit immediately, I've declared, until I can feel myself uh, a measure. What about this? Oh, deciding not to speak to someone because he or she has not spoken to you. I'm guilty. Whose job is it to speak? If they don't speak to me, eh, not speaking to them. That, yeah, there's some judgment there. That's, that is, if, if we're going to consider judgment part of mindfulness, there is judgment. So reserving judgment may look like I'll speak to them a few times and give them a chance to initiate later. Maybe. Choosing a, sh a style of shirt that you don't like just because your friend says you should wear it. So I'm letting his opinion of me impact my decision and I, I guess, again, my judgment is that is unmindful very clearly. Obviously, the stronger decision would be wear the shirt that I like rather than wearing something that's incongruent, as the kids say. It's not brand congruent. Rather than wearing a shirt that's, that, that is not my style because someone else likes it. Yeah, it's unmindful. Hmm. Yeah, daydreaming or tuning out what's happening around you without really noticing and hearing. Unmindful. Helping someone in need, maybe with physical challenges or needs are different. This is a big realization. Can we hold judgment from someone based on their body or achievements? I'm not... This is me... I choose not to specifically value someone because of their value on the marketplace, how much money they've earned, their height. Oh, you're short. Okay. They have no control over that. Oh, you're super tall. Again, no control. 
my interaction with that person is not going to be based on one thing that I can see that they possess, money or height. Can we reserve judgment based on those externals? Can we make make a values, character, all of that matters. All it looks yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do some judgment based on looks, but I'm also going to incorporate other things. Yeah, I'm not perfect, so shut up. I apologize for that. Listening attentively when someone is speaking and not reacting until the person is finished. What a skill that is. What a skill. I have someone that always interrupts me in my family. When the thought comes up for this person, they just blurt it out regardless of what sentence I'm sharing. I have someone else. It does not matter. My family does not matter. When that phone rings, I, I could be talking about getting cancer and they will look at their phone. I, I'm not going to judge those people for doing that and I will just I won't react. I will take a moment and I will respond. And one thing I do is I, I write down what they do that annoys me and then I write down how I want to show up. What? How am I reacting? And then what am I committed? How am I committed to responding? Let's move on with this curriculum. I'm saying some interesting things here from the lesson, but research, research. What does, what does the research say? Well, it says many of our core mental processes such as awareness, attention, and emotion regulation should be conceptualized as trainable skills. That was from a study. It's not, oh, you're really good at processing. Oh, you're really good at memorization. You're really aware and into, this is a skill. We we, We can work on it wherever we are. Can you think of any moments where you made a decision based on a mindful choice? Mindful choice. I have. I was being. Here's a mindful decision for me. Someone as a counselor was telling me their issue. This was not a client. This was a friend. They're telling me their issue. I immediately wanted to solve that issue. I know as a counselor that a lot of times people do not want their issue solved. They simply want to be heard. But I want to fix it. I want to fix it for them. Let me fix this for you. That's that's what I wanted. But I made a mind, me personally, I made a mindful decision to hold off, not, not fix it. Listen, reflect on what I heard them say. Let them know I heard them. That was a mindful choice. What, what about you? It takes practice. And what can we do when we notice unmindful behavior? Well, we can remind ourselves to, to use... Uh, to, I, hey, remember Mindfulness. I am mindful. And what statements? I am mindful when other people are talking. Specifically, fill in the sentence with things that you know aren't your skill. I am mindful of, of um, 
of, of making judgments, immediate judgments of others. What's a weakness I have, Wes? What is a weakness? Um, ooh, okay. Sometimes I, I get anxiety regarding time. I am, I am mindful when I am becoming anxious around time. That will allow me to respond. I invite you to do that. You get to just sit and listen. Got to work here. I need some work out of you. I am mindful statements. Now, so how does this connect? Well, as you recall, if you rem- if you listened to last week, this is a third to fifth grade curriculum, but most of us were never taught this stuff. That's why I learn as a 35-year-old with a master's. That's why I learn. Okay. Here's what it says, the career connection. Ambulance siren, the EMT emergency medical technician. They often are the first to arrive on the scene of an accident. They are trained to remain calm and focus on what has happened and immediately and what immediate action is required. So they have been trained for a mindful response in emergency scenarios. You get the, the they're dispatched, uh, by a 911 operator, they work with police, fire departments. They got to know how to assess an emergency. They got to control bleeding, apply stents, assist with, I don't know, childbirth, putting the oxygen on, CPR, all these life support skills and the mindfulness. They are mindful of how they respond. That enables quick, decisive thinking. And it is now a skill. That thinking is now a skill. So how can we can control our emotions and, and focus our attention when we're at work? Hmm. Especially if some jobs require this laser-like attention. So for p- police officers, I know they go through all of these tough scenarios where, or or sometimes... Uh, customer service people, mindfully trained when dealing with an unruly customer. Maybe transportation. We can all get upset on the uh, while driving. Hmm. It is important to look at our actions and our lives and evaluating them. Okay, was it unmindful? Okay, what am I committed to next time? Was it mindful? Great job. Let's look toward more of that. Unmindful doesn't mean that we're bad. That's the other thing. If I do something, oh, I'm so bad. Well, let's be mindful of how we're beating ourselves up. If in that scenario, the old amygdala is more in charge than our prefrontal cortex. Let's use our prefrontal cortex. Hey, use your prefrontal cortex in this situation. Okay, why do this? Why reflect on unmindful decisions or mindful ones? It gives us an opportunity to make ourselves and those around us better, happier, healthier. Boy, our, our health is connected to our thoughts. Okay, one thing that this curriculum offers is journaling. Reflect. 
Mindfulness. When was I mindful? When are, what, when are times when I just react? That the prefrontal cortex does not get the thought. And how can I, how can I keep it light? This is not super heavy stuff. Let's, we're working on it. When, when did you act mindfully? When did you act unmindfully? Let's, let's do some journaling about that. Okay. I like that lesson. Anything else? Earth mindfulness. How can we be mindful of our earth? Very nice. That's mindfulness. Let's let's review, shall we? We looked at some awesome quotes. What if I knew I could love myself no matter what? What if I could see others the way God sees that person? What if I could see myself? I've heard it said like this. What if a loving older brother came up? What would he say to me? Her loving older sister. I am learning to see myself in a new way. The Disaster Artist. Check it out. Thank you, Starbucks, for sponsoring the show. Next week, get ready. Lewis Rollins. He obviously sounds like he's in another country, so we'll see how, we, how we're able to link up on time. We did look at the whole, you know, media attention. I would like your thoughts on that, either on my podcast or anxietyhelpwithwest.com. Let me know. Do you notice the, the media slant toward good-looking people? There's a lot of crime that's not being covered. And obviously, condolences to the family. I can't, I can't even imagine. I'm trying to break this down from a behavior spectrum behavior perspective and uh, and and all the elements but at the same time there are people family members in pain thoughts thoughts their way don't have the right words for them but I do care and then mindful awareness two parts focused attention withholding judgment that's going to do it for episode 12 we'll see you on the next one thank you bye